2: Plains,
3: from the desert to the sea, from fresh water to salt water. Yama, yeah, welcome to TV Radio. I am Batchan Tungendame, coming up in your program this Monday, the 5th of February. NITV's affairs program NOLA is back for the 2024 season and has shared with us some stories, including the progress of a truth-telling process in Fremantle, WA, in the wake of the failed referendum on Indigenous Voice to Parliament, and more. Also in the program, we explore Eddie's Little Homies, a new comedy series for children inspired by the books and life experiences of AFL legend Eddie Betts. In the sidelines of the launch of Eddie's Little Homies in Melbourne yesterday, we caught up with Eddie Betts himself and Andrew Dang, a Vietnamese-Australian actor who lent his voice to Tal, one of the lead characters in Little Homies. All these stories and more coming to you on NITV Radio after the latest news. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy erected outside Parliament The country. native
4: title legislation...
5: And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came.
4: I am sorry.
3: In this bulletin, tributes flow for Indigenous trailblazer Dr. Lori O'Donoghue. O'Donohue. The federal government announces its draft for fuel efficiency standards and the death toll continues to climb in chile as residents begin to assess the damage of raging fires Tributes are pouring across the political spectrum for Dr. Loija O'Donoghue, the Akanjara woman who died at her Adelaide home aged 91. Dr. O'Donoghue was renowned as the first Aboriginal person to train as a nurse, as well as for her roles lobbying for native title rights and serving as the founding chair of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission, known as ATSIC. Operational leader and founder of the Cape York Partnership, Noel Pearson, says the legacy of trailblazer Dr. Loija O'Donoghue will not fade as the Indigenous community mourns and remembers her, life, her life's achievements. Noel Pearson has remembered Dr. O'Donoghue as the country's greatest Indigenous leader.
6: Her sacrifice for the cause of her people and her dedication to our welfare Led to so many good things under her leadership. When she led ATSIC between 1990 and 1996, they were our best years. We gained so
3: much. The now disbanded Aboriginal Trust and Strait islander Commission gave advice to government and delivered programs and funding to Indigenous communities. Green Senator Dwayne Cox says the inquiry she's led into missing and murdered Indigenous women and children is producing compelling evidence, but she wants to see greater cooperation from authorities and potentially a royal commission. The landmark national inquiry has received more than 40 submissions detailing the disproportionately high rates of violence against First Nations women and children. Ms Cox, a an Nunga and Yamaji woman, has told the ABC the inquiry is a good starting point, but she wants a greater transparency about the figures at a national level. She says there is anecdotal evidence that in some jurisdictions, no one is looking for Indigenous women who are known to be missing.
7: What I do think is there needs to be a more intensive look at that and possibly a Royal Commission. Um, What we haven't had is uh, the cooperation from particular jurisdictions in my home state of Western Australia that we would have liked to have seen the police and other people uh, come to the table and have more conversations about uh, their responses in particular and not just about historical cases but also more recent ones. Uh, We need to be able to look at this in greater detail. We also need to have much more time.
3: The inquiry is due to release its final report in June. The federal government has released its draft for fuel efficiency standards, which aims to slice total new passenger vehicle emissions by 60% over the next five years. The standards would force suppliers to import more low- and no-emission vehicles, making Australia more competitive in the international market. Transport Minister Catherine King says it's part of an effort to bring Australia in line with other countries such as the United States.
7: This is of course all about choice for consumers, making sure that people have the choice to have the most efficient vehicles in our marketplace available to buy when you're wanting to purchase a new vehicle. And that's really good for consumers and consumers' hip pocket, making sure that we're getting those fuel savings as best we possibly can. We know that by 2028, this will save uh, average consumers on each vehicle each year over $1,000. Uh, that's an enormous amount of savings.
3: Australia is one of the only is one of the only advanced economies in the world without efficiency standards, which which force vehicle suppliers to meet an average emissions emissions target for new cars sold debate over debate over the stage 3 tax cuts has continued to dominate the agenda as politicians return to Canberra to prepare for the first sitting day of the new year. The shadow cabinet are meeting this afternoon to decide whether to support Labor's proposed changes which would redistribute redistribute more of the planned tax cuts to low- and middle-income earners. The reform's future is unclear with the opposition labelling the amendments to the Morrison-era package a breach of voters trust. But Treasurer Jim Chalmers says the Coalition have the details they need to make a decision.
4: We want to see the tax changes that we've proposed legislated by the Parliament. Uh, I'll be introducing the legislation tomorrow. Uh, We have provided all of the detail, we've provided all of the legislation. Uh, The Liberals and Nationals have no more excuses to keep stumbling around and stuffing around and trying to come up with some kind of excuse uh, to oppose more tax cuts for more people.
3: New analysis by the Grattan Institute shows 83% of taxpayers could expect to pay the same or less tax over the next 10 years under the government's proposed changes. The death count from Chile's wildfire disaster is climbing with at least 99 people now reported killed and hundreds more still missing. Residents have begun to take stock of the damage with entire neighbourhoods burnt out in the coastal city of Vina del Mar. President Gabriel Boric has warned the country faces a tragedy of very great magnitude and says Chileans must be prepared for more bad news. Authorities have imposed a 9 p.m. curfew and have called in the military while firefighting helicopters battle more than 90 raging fires. A resident of Villa Vina del Mar, Maria Soledad Suarez, says her husband Sergio has lost his workshop and all his tools along with their home.
2: He always thought
7: there would be a tragedy, an earthquake or something like that, and we would have been left with nothing to eat. So we had three fridges where we would have fruit, in the other chicken and red meat, and in the other vegetables. It was all lost. It was all burnt. There's not a trace of the fridges left.
3: The president of Namibia, Hage Gengob, has died aged 82. Mr. Gengob was undergoing medical treatment in a hospital in Namibia's capital, Windhoek. President Gengob was the third to hold the office in a country that only became independent in the 1990s, ceding from South Africa. Namibia's acting president, Nangolo Mbumba, has mourned Mr Ngeinkob's death and called for patience. The Namibian nation has lost a distinguished servant of the people, a liberation struggle icon, the chief architect of our constitution, and the pillar of the Namibian House. At this moment of deepest sorrow, I appeal to the nation to remain calm and collected while the government attends to all necessary state arrangements, preparations, and other protocols. New presidential parliamentary elections are scheduled to take place in the country later this year. Australian pop icon Kali Minogue has won the inaugural Grammy for Best Pop Dance Record for her song Padam Padam. It is Minogue's first Grammy win in 18 years and only her second Grammy in a career spanning more than 25 years. Brother and duo Billy Eilish and Phineas collected the trophy for Best Song for Visual Media for their Barbie ballad What Was I Made For? Miss Ailey, she's also performing at the Los Angeles Ceremony, along with U2 and Dua Lipa. But all eyes will be on Taylor Swift to see if she becomes the first artist ever to win Album of the Year, four years running for *Midnights*. And to sport, football's governing body has announced in a live stream that the FIFA World Cup for 2026... The final will be held in New Jersey's MetLife Stadium on July 19, 2026. The World Cup, which will be co-hosted by the United States, Canada and Mexico, is the first to include 48 teams. The announcement, which featured star appearances from Canadian singer Drake and U.S. celebrity Kim Kardashian, also revealed the opening ceremony and first match will be held in Mexico's Azteca Stadium. Mexico's head coach Jaime Lozano says his three Mexico will be hosting a record third opening World Cup match.
5: Very happy and excited about this news. Obviously, June 11th is going to be a massive party in this country, but the Azteca, just imagine the energy you're going to feel. How our supporters are going to be buzzing with excitement having their national team host an opening match for the third time in history.
3: FIFA says the tournament schedule was created in consultation with the coaches of the national teams in an attempt to keep travelling distances for teams and fans to a minimum. The tournament runs from the 11th of June until the 19th of July 2026. And now having a look at the weather around the country for this Monday afternoon: Broome scattered thunderstorms, 32; Perth sunny, 28; Adelaide partly cloudy, 25; Melbourne cloudy, 22; Hobart a shower 221; Albury Wodonga cloudy, 26; Canberra rain, 27; Wollongong rain and a possible storm, 30 degrees; Sydney a shower 2 and a possible storm, 33; Newcastle. So mostly sunny 37, Brisbane partly cloudy 32, Townsville cloudy 31, Keynes showers 31, Alice springs windy 41 degrees, Darwin sunny and 33 and the Torres Strait Islands scattered thunderstorms and a top of 31 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.
7: TV Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday
3: at 1pm or time online. You're listening to ITV Radio, coming to you from Nam on the Kulin Nation this Monday afternoon. Naam Bertrand Tungandami. Coming up next, we P- explore Eddie's uh, Little Homies, a new comedy series for children inspired by the books and life experiences of AFL legend Eddie Bates. The sidelines of the launch of uh, Eddie's Little Homies in Melbourne yesterday, I caught up with uh, with uh, Eddie Bats himself and Andrew Dang, a Vietnamese Australian actor who lent his voice to Tal one of the lead characters uh, of Little Homies. But first, some stories from an ITV's current affairs program, Nola. In the wake of last year's Fed referendum on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament, the Fremantle City Council in Perth is pushing ahead with its own truth-telling process. The council says the year-long plan will help promote healing and understanding. Karen Cox has the details.
1: Fremantle, WA's largest port, is known as Walyalup in Noongar language. But the region has a dark colonial past. Its first permanent building was a jail called the Roundhouse. Aboriginal men were later sent to the nearby Rottnest Island, a hellish prison where hundreds died in brutal and inhumane conditions.
4: That's exactly the point. Um, you know, the colonial history started here in 1829. Um, so it was a view that reconciliation could arguably start um, from here as well.
1: In 2017, Fremantle Council became the first in Australia to scrap Australia Day celebrations on January 26, replacing it with a multicultural celebration of music and Noongar culture. Now the event has been set aside and its funding is being used for a year-long truth-telling process.
7: If we keep doing the same thing, We're not challenging people to think differently. And what this truth-telling program allows us to do is actually challenge people to understand some of the stories, some of the history of our place so that they can have a complete understanding of what Walyalup Fremantle means to Aboriginal people, both the positive aspects of it and the things that have happened in the past that we need to reconcile.
1: To be launched in March, along with the Walyalup Reconciliation Action Plan, the process will include the main elements of the Uluru Statements from the Heart, Voice, Treaty and Truth.
2: To promote the past history and educate, enlighten the broader community in understanding what has happened and then we can come together, walk together and work for the dream of reconciliation.
1: Another step towards healing and understanding. Karen Cox, NITV News.
3: And there's been a breakthrough in a decade-old missing persons case involving the disappearance of a First Nations woman in far north Queensland. Police have charged a man with the murder of Ms Bernard who went missing 11 years ago. The arrest comes after Queensland Coroner recommended police reopen the case and the recent offer of a half a million dollar reward.
8: Danny Rennie has more. Miss Bernard, as her family would like her to be known, was twenty three years old when she disappeared. In february twenty thirteen. The Cowan Yama woman was last seen at the Archer River Quarry near Cowan on Cape York. Despite an extensive search of the area, Her body has never been found. Yesterday, detectives from the Far North District charged a 62-year-old Cohen man with one count of murder. That man is Thomas Maxwell Burns. He was the caretaker of the quarry at the time. He previously told an inquest he was with Miss Bernard on the night, but denied any involvement in her disappearance and has always maintained his innocence. Miss Bernard's family have welcomed the breakthrough but remain critical of the police investigation
7: only because of the oversight of the coroner and the legal process that was being undertaken in the quest that put pressure on the police commissioner to ensure that her disappearance was investigated again.
8: There were challenges in the initial investigation. Uh, the fact that Ms Bernard is an Indigenous woman has no impact on that and I'll say again that we will continue to be very thorough. Police say their investigation is ongoing and a half million dollar reward for information is still available. We have not located Ms Bernard and are still urging anyone with information to contact police.
7: There will be no peace, no justice until her body is found and returned home and that's what we're focusing on now.
8: The coroner's inquest into Ms Bernard's disappearance was to resume in three weeks, but that's expected to be suspended while the murder charge goes through the courts. Dan Rennie, NITV News.
3: And the Northern Territory Government says it will lay charges over alleged damage to one of the most culturally significant sites in Australia. The heritage-listed Wave Hill Walk-off site is considered to be the birthplace of the Aboriginal land rights movement. Following an investigation, legal action has been launched into the alleged destruction of important parts of the site. Michael Parker reports. Reenacting the moment in 1966
6: when Vincent Lingiari led the Gurindji people on the Wave Hill walk-off. We gather
2: round, people, tell your story.
6: Freedom Day Festival celebrates the Gurindji protest against mistreatment, low wages, and dispossession of their land. The seven-year strike led to the birth of the land rights movement, immortalised by the moment that then Prime Minister Gough Whitlam poured a handful of sand into the hands of Vincent Lingiari. But the celebrated 20-kilometre route appears to be under threat, an investigation launched in September last year after reports of damage to the site. Charges are expected to be laid this week in relation to alleged damage at the heritage-listed Gurindji-Wave Hill walk-off route. The government says an historic windmill and fence that mark the route have also been damaged and interpretation markers removed. It's also alleged a large solar panel system and fences blocking access to the route have been built in the area. We are committed to ensuring the preservation and integrity of all heritage-listed sites across the Northern Territory. Wave Hill Station is owned by Jumbuck Pastoral, who chose not to comment on the investigation. The Federal Environment Minister, Tanya Plibersek's office, says it will also investigate the allegations under federal environment law. Michael Park, NITV News.
3: And that's all for our stories shared by NITV's current affairs program, NOLA. We must now go to a break, and when we come back, we explore Eddie's Little Homies, a new children's animation series based on AFL legend Eddie Bates' children's book and his life experiences. Stay tuned.
7: You're with NITV Radio.
3: Eddie's Little Homies. Little Homies is the first co-commission between Netflix and NITV with major production investment from the Australian Children's Television Foundation. The series will premiere nationally and globally on February 16. Well, in the sidelines of uh, Eddie's Little Homies launch in Melbourne yesterday, I caught up with uh, Eddie Betts himself.
7: NITV Radio, on radio, online and mobile.
3: I'm joined by Eddie Betts in the sidelines of the launch of uh, Eddie's Little Homies, a children's animation series that will premiere on NITV and Netflix on February 16. Eddie Betts, first of all, thanks for joining us on NITV Radio. And uh, can you tell us about the making of Eddie's Little Homies and your children's books
2: on which the series is based? Uh, Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, We're here at the launch of Eddie's Little Homies. Uh, That's going to be airing on... Netflix and NITV, so I'm very excited. I can't wait. And, and the way that came about is, you know, when I was in Adelaide, I, I wrote two children's books. Uh, the first book was My Kind, and it was spreading the love and kindness message, and it was Wrap Yourself in Kindness with Eddie and his little homies, and it was rappable, you sing along to it when you read it, and then the second book was My People, and that was Wrap Yourself in Culture with Eddie and his little homies, and that, that one was, was about... Aboriginal history, you know, teaching young kids about how we lived and survived off the land here, um, you know, what our elders mean to us, our art, our music, our spirituality, and just you know, spreading that message to young kids in house at a young age so they can learn about our culture. I was going to write a third book, but then we ended up having conversations about turning it into a cartoon series, and I never thought that was possible. I never thought it was real, and I thought it was a joke I had to start. To be honest, and. We started talking and started finding out a bit more what's about what's going on and then um, yeah now we're here. So it's uh it's pretty surreal to be honest. I, I pinched myself. I'm looking at this big screen right here now with my characters on with Eddie up there he's got the little black fella colours on and um, it's, it's 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 very diverse in this in this cartoon series. You know, there's black fellas, you know, we got we got white fellas, we got, we got Indian got mob, Vietnamese mob. You know, so I wanted it to be diverse. I wanted kids to to, to see themselves and relate to this cartoon. I think that's what cartoon series are screaming out for here in Australia—that is that diverse um, characters on screening in cartoons. So, yeah. So, the, so, yeah. So this movie brings in
3: a lot of things. There's educational side of it, culture, and also this bringing people together at the same time. And it reflects your own personal life and your career, not only in sport and your personal life as well.
2: Yeah, it is. And that's what I think. I want all all, um, from different diverse backgrounds to come together. And it's not even that for kids even growing up and being in in a playground, you know, with no parents around, but overcoming obstacles that they face in these playgrounds and work as a team, show leadership because every leadership looks different, you know, so it's kids showing their leadership and different styles of leadership to get the best outcome and to solve these problems within the playground without any parents around, so you know hopefully kids watching this you know they can relate to it and when they do face problems in the car in the uh in the playground they can work together as a team to to solve these problems and so yeah it's uh to be honest i'm i still don't believe that this is happening um i didn't you know leading up to this day was was okay but now i'm just a bit nervous because you know i don't know how people are going to react and it's uh very surreal to be honest so i can't wait to all the people all the kids and parents watch It's massive. There are a lot of kids and people here
3: outside uh, this uh, room where we're doing the interview. A lot of people, the enthusiasm from the public uh, looks uh, really, really tremendous. How does it feel uh, bringing together all these people and also having your movie being the first one, the first ever collaboration between NITV and Netflix?
2: Yeah, well, to, to the first question, I think that's, for me, it's about, you know, the way I've grown up. We grew up in big communities and we bring people together and that's the way I've always lived my life. I wanna bring people together, I wanna to bring enjoyment to people, I want people to feel safe and comfortable and to bring all these people together just to have a yarn, sit back, relax, feel safe, to watch this cartoon series, have a laugh, have a sing. It's something very special. And to for the first to, for NITV and Netflix to come to collab on Eddie's little homies, man, I'm so I'm I'm gobsmacked at NITV, I'm showing at NITV, we know our South black mob can watch it you know free to wear and you know but then even netflix uh, you know my mum said to me yeah you sure what's going on netflix you didn't believe me and you know um to have these two massive television companies come together and collab with eddie's little homies is something surreal and i still can't believe it and it's uh, it's special um uh, and like i can't wait for australia to watch eddie's little homies and hopefully the world to watch eddie's little homies when it's on netflix And one more last question just before I let you go.
3: What's the main message uh, that one can draw from uh, your movie Eddie's Little Homies?
2: I think, you know, even this, you know, especially on NITV and this is an NITV segment, you know, for us Aboriginal people and Tarathana people here in Australia, we do face a lot of barriers growing up and we do face a lot of struggles and we still do, but don't give up on your dreams. Chase your dreams because your dreams, they won't chase you back and you know, I want all of you to understand that we as black people, we do belong in all spaces, you know. I, I went to footy, to, to, to media, and now creating a, t- a television series, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep putting myself in these spaces, but keep chasing your dreams, keep believing in them, because they do come true, and, and I promise you I'll be here to try help and make your dreams come true as well. So we do belong in all spaces, and just keep fighting and keep going. Eddie Bate, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on NITV Radio today. No, good, thank you.
3: We must now go to a break, and when we come back, we continue to explore Eddie's Little Homies with uh, Andrew Tang, one of the actors. Uh, Andrew Tang actually lends his voice to Tal, one of the lead characters in uh, Eddie's Little Homies. Stay tuned.
7: NITV
3: Radio, on radio, online and mobile. Welcome to NITV Radio, Andrew.
5: Hi, how are you doing?
3: Now, just a few words to our listeners. Introduce yourself to our listeners because it's your very first time on NITV Radio.
5: Yeah, that is correct. Um, hi, um, my name is Andrew Dang. I am an actor, Vietnamese-Australian actor based in Melbourne, and... Um, And now voice actor for the kids' show Eddie's Little Homies. And I play the role of Tao, which is one of Eddie's best friends. And we're catching up
3: in the sidelines of the launch of uh, Little Homies, which is premiering on ITV and Netflix on the 16th of February. Well, a huge turnout outside uh, where the launch is taking place. What does it feel?
5: Was of it oh.
3: being an actor in such a popular movie? It sounds like it's going to be a very big it's,
5: one. Um, it's a bit weird. <laughs> it's <laughs> a bit. Um, it's funny because I walked in thinking that. Well, when I got invited, I was like, "Oh, that will be a lot of fun." Obviously, it's not too much pressure. But when I walked in, like, "Oh, there's a few obligations I need to do." It. They, they pulled, producers pulled me to a side, and they're like, "Oh, we need you to take photos." <laughs> and now, we, now I'm here to get an interview, so it's a bit um. <laughs> Yeah. It's a it's a lot of fun, but it's a bit more like oh, there's a bit of a schedule to it, which I'm getting used to. But it's great. Wow, but it's a, it's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, yeah.
3: And how was it playing uh, a You're obviously playing a little kid's role. You're not a kid anymore, but no, playing a little kid. No, 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 no.
5: I sound I sound sixteen, but I, I'm 25. Um, but um, it was fun. It, it's um, I I feel like I sound quite young. My voice is kind of high anyway. So um, when I went into the booth, I didn't have to change too much, which is good because I'm not like you know a voice artist. I don't have a lot of um, different. Uh, variations in my toolbox. Like, I can't play, like, a goblin, and I I can't play, like, a fairy, you know what I'm saying? I just sound like me. So everything's going to be just, like, a version of me. And I think Tao was just, like, a bit more precocious and a bit, like, a bit higher in my voice, a bit like, up here, and he's talking up here. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was a lot of fun to um, embody that kind of uh, innocence in in the recording booth, I think. Because, weirdly, even though he's so young, I feel like I'm quite... A silly person, and it wasn't too hard to access that kind of playfulness when I played Tao, which was nice.
3: And tell us about Tao, your
5: character. Tao is a, I think he's if where he fits into the group is a bit of the the intellectual one, the very very smart one, the one who is always thinking about science and um, building like new inventions. And stuff like that, and he's always thinking about how he can optimize uh, the um, optimize activities and optimize like any of the hijinks that the group gets into to make it the best plan it can be for the group. I think.
3: Yeah, there are so many aspects and layers to little homies, including uh, aspects of education and uh, learning and uh, togetherness. And another aspect, a very important one, a key component, is actually multiculturalism. Uh, the kids are from uh, various backgrounds and the castes, uh, including yourself. You all come from indigenous or multicultural backgrounds. Tell us about your experience and uh, your input uh, into Little Homies from the perspective of uh,
5: a multicultural actor. So I'm just going to say I'm a first generation immigrant. My parents moved here from Vietnam after the uh, the Vietnam War, and then I was born here. So I can only imagine that Tao's upbringing is something akin to that. Someone coming from a multicultural background with immigrant parents and has grown up here, born here, and is learn to like uh, balance those two worlds in their in their life i would think i would think that's what tal is yeah,
3: yeah someone who navigates both worlds yeah, yeah i
5: think yeah. so and i think when i mean from any multicultural background i think anybody multi, multi, uh, any diaspora living in australia i think you're learning to balance two worlds often like anyone from um any uh, country or nation that is not australia Has been lucky enough to call Australia their home. I think there's always um, a balancing act of finding yourself in like two different worlds and, um, you know, finding your identity and growing up between those two worlds, is what I was trying to say. Yeah.
3: And what aspect of uh, Tal uh, did you find uh, the most uh, challenging or the most enjoyable to play?
5: I think Tal is a very passionate little kid. Uh like I said, he's like very passionate about science and inventions and stuff like that. So, um, I think he has this um giddiness when he talks about these things that he enjoys, even um if even if he's speaking too quickly for his friends to understand him. <laughs> but um that just kind of like passion and excitement for the things that he likes I think was something very fun to for to play. Yeah. And
3: can you tell us maybe a word or two about uh, voice acting? Because this is something that's done, I believe, in a studio, whereas, you know, more acting, you've got a set or you've got a, a physical visual context, but there you're basing this on an imagination of what the that character is. is that is
5: correct. I'm not sure how it's done in other studios, but for me, I was in a recording booth. I had some technicians uh, on the other side of Piece of Glass, and I had a director... On an iPad in front of me over Zoom, and um, I had no like reference for the animations. All I had was the technicians and the director telling me that this is what's happening in the scene, this is what we think the line kind of is, so give us your version of that, and then I would do it, and then we'd do it multiple times, giving like slightly different versions until they, they felt like they had what they needed from that line, and then we moved on to the next one, so it was a very line-by-line thing. Uh, but yeah, you're correct in that um, I didn't have any animations and I didn't have any other actors in there with me either. So I had to do a lot of creating myself um, and a lot of imagining. And um, I know it's funny if we talk about voice acting and we think about, oh, it's just the way you manipulate your voice. But when I was in the booth, I found myself, you know, throwing my arms around like up and down to find the right energy because it's, if it's in my body, it's also in my voice. So I thought I felt um, I felt that was really interesting when I um, was in the middle of the process.
3: Wow, the energy, the voice of a yeah. kid—that must be really. They must give you enough space for you to be able to project. Yeah, thankfully they moves.
5: did. I yeah. think there was at one point where I'm, I might have accidentally knocked the mic, but yeah. But, <laughs> but you learn to to like throw your hands out in in the right. Places where you're not damaging any equipment.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then not, uh, you don't have to repeat so many times because yeah, you the yes. equipment, then you have to redo it. Now, before I let you go, final thoughts. So,
5: um, I think I'm just very excited to um, have a show out there for young kids who may look like me or who may not look like uh, white Australians um, to experience a show where they can see themselves. Because that's not something I had a lot growing up, so I the, the thoughts of like young kids who are POC growing up with a show like that is very exciting to me, um, and I'm a, I'm a very excited that I could contribute to that to a project like that. Yeah, I think that's it for me.
3: Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on ITV Radio today. Time no worries, to to thank us. you so
5: much, Bertrand.
7: Visit
0: sbs.com.au slash nitvradio. Cancerous tissue and ingenuity is being harnessed by researchers in Melbourne in the pursuit of making treatment more effective for bowel cancer patients. Professor Peter Gibbs of the Walter and Eliza Hall Institute of Medical Research says their work is aimed at helping better target responses to the deadly disease
4: we're trying to do is to get better at selecting the best treatment for patients with advanced colorectal cancer and what we've shown with this research is where treatments work well in the laboratory they also work well in the patient
0: and equally if not more importantly when they don't work in the laboratory they don't work in the patient it's been described as a world first study Their research uses tumour samples from patients with advanced bowel cancer to create what's called organoids or 3D models, roughly the size of a grain of sand. Professor Gibbs says they found the lab testing could predict drug treatment effectiveness with an 83% accuracy.
4: What we've done is to take a biopsy from patients and we've grown hundreds of little cancers in the laboratory. We test those cancers with various chemotherapy uh, treatments and look at how those uh, treatments work in the laboratory. For many people, Um, We may only get one or two rounds of treatment in, so it's important that you're offering the best uh, treatment.
0: Each year, more than 15,000 Australians are told they have bowel cancer. Treatment is more effective when it's detected early, but it's often diagnosed late because of a lack of symptoms. Professor Graham Newstead of Bowel Cancer Australia said the researchers' findings showed promising signs for the fight against the nation's second most common cancer killer. We hope that this will be a big progress for our future
6: techniques which attack that cancer directly, specifically in that individual rather than generic treatment. This is a gradual advancement
4: in the treatment to individualize the management of
0: established bowel cancers and so hopefully prevent mortality. For the peak group, continued screening efforts and the expansion of specialist nurses are also key focuses. With clinical trials for the lab-grown tumours to proceed in coming months, Professor Gibbs says there's also potential for their use against other cancer types. The time
4: uh, aspect's crucial for any patient or any cancer that's advanced, and similar trials can and will be done uh, for other cancer types. We're pretty excited about what's possible. Tom
0: Stainer, SBS News.
7: NITV Radio. Share our stories on Facebook.
0: This
3: brings us to the end of uh, today's programme. Thank you very much for your company this Monday afternoon. NITV Radio will be back uh, on Wednesday and Friday this uh, week with more stories and news from a uh, writer uh, across the country. I am Bertrand Tungandami thanking you for your company this Monday afternoon. Till next time, bye for now. Yellow. Tables
7: moving. Tables moving. Tables moving.